You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. Wait a minute, does rap music cause road rage? Yeah, according to Medea, of course, it's one and the same. <laughs> All of accidents that happen with road rage are you somebody's listening to rap music every time. Actor, producer, filmmaker Tyler Perry. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, male comedians have been dressing as women for comic effect for decades. Think Milton Berle, think Flip Wilson, think Saturday Night Live sketches with Will Ferrell or John Goodman. But no one has raised it to the level that Tyler Perry did with his Medea character. In fact, that is one of the many things that has made Tyler Perry one of the most successful and influential filmmakers of our time. Now, Tyler Perry's a busy man. So in 2006, the only way I could get an interview with him was by telephone. It was about the time that his second Medea movie had come out, and he had just written a book called Don't Make a Black Woman Take Off Her Earrings. So here now from 2006, Tyler Perry. Don't Make a Black Woman Take Off Her Earrings is when a black woman is really upset in general. The first thing she does is takes off her earrings when she's about to get into something physical. (laughs) And we we don't want to make Medea take off her earrings. Not at all, no, because then you would have to clear the room. (laughs) Was was it difficult to get her to cooperate with you for this book? I think the difficulty in anything was getting her to sit down in one place long enough to put all this stuff down on paper. But we, we managed to work it out. But I'm guessing that she, she takes it quite well, that you're, you're interested enough in what she has to say, that you want to write a whole book based on what she has to say. Yeah, yeah she, I'm sure she appreciates that very much. <laughs> or, or, or I guess technically, is she the author and you're the as told to? Yeah, uh, she, yeah she's the author, I'm the as told to. I'm, I'm the one who actually put it down on paper for her. <laughs> now, did she tell you make sure you get the spelling right and make sure you... There's, I mean, th- this is quite an, a, a very literal transcription that you've done it looks like yeah we have some we have some uh, we had some arguments about certain language and certain words that i i didn't think that everyone in the country would understand including don't make a black woman take off earrings but she insisted on that title so that's where we ended up with well i i guess it's maybe it's the, th- the kind of thing where if you don't know what she's talking about you sh- you you don't you don't need to be knowing what she's talking about. right right exactly right <laughs> but i'm guessing you know based on the success you've had with your stage plays your movies now the book I'm guessing there's an awful, awful lot of people who know exactly what you and Medea are talking about. Yeah, there are a few million people who can appreciate it, so we're pretty happy about that. You've really struck a chord with America. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's because this character has become, uh, it was, a, was a staple in the, in the African-American household a few years ago, and now she's no longer around because grandmothers are much younger and, and working harder and raising another generation of children. But that's the thing. You are making really a social point through your comedy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And, and I gather this was purposeful from day one. This is, she wasn't just a, a funny character you decided would be funny, and then you added some social commentary to it. This was, I gather, based very much on your own, uh, the, the experiences that you've had growing up. Yeah, from day one she's been that for me. And she's modeled after my mother and my aunt, which are the NC-17 version of this character. But the great <laughs> thing about that is... There was always a lot of love and wisdom in what they were saying, even though the way they chose to say it was pretty uh, awkward and sometimes even hilarious. And that, I, I, I have to tell you, from just from my own standpoint, that is what is so funny about it, is that you're not just, she's not just saying things for effect. There is love and there is respect at the core of this. Yes, totally, totally. And discipline. <laughs> and, and she believes in discipline. She totally believes in discipline. <laughs> 
Oh, and, and, and I guess when you get to be, what is she now? She's close to 70, is she not? 68. She, she's 68 and holding. <laughs> she and her bra size are the same, so they're holding. <laughs> oh, just holding on, let's put that on. Right, right. But I guess she's at the age where she can pretty much say whatever she pleases at this point, can't she? Yeah, she's not politically correct at all, and it doesn't really matter what, what anybody thinks. She's just going to speak her mind, and so be it. But again, you—I mean—you are a very careful craftsman with your words and your character. This is this is not something you just threw together. You put an awful lot of work into the, creating this, because it's she's not just a cranky old lady. I mean, that's kind of a stereotype in comedy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it can it can be a stereotype. But no, she's actually very happy, but she takes no prisoners when when something's wrong. <laughs> And, you know, let's face it, I mean, as she goes through in the book, uh, everything from road rage to rap music to, uh, wait a minute, does, does rap music cause road rage? Yeah, it, according to Medea, of course, it's one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> All of accidents that happen with road rage are you, somebody's listening to rap music every time. But, you know, you got to admit, sometimes she's got a point, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, she, she has her own way of, she has her own way of saying that. you got to love this woman, you know, just for telling it the, like, the way that she sees it, the world through her eyes. Does she say a lot of things that Tyler Perry could not get away with saying? Absolutely. I, I, sometimes I'm shocked at the things that comes out of her mouth and that she gets away with. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but these are things, I, I gather that at least some of these things are things you're dying to say, but you can't. I could not say even if I wanted to, but but the costume and the character, the wig, and it's a whole different thing. That, yeah, it's amazing the transformation. If you, I, I I didn't see this, but I'm told you were on Oprah, and and she was on the screen behind you. So it's like you're talking to her. Well, you know Tyler Perry is here. Tyler Perry is yeah. here. Yeah. Hi, my dear. Yes, hello. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been very careful as to try to make sure that America knows that this is not who I am. That we're two very separate people. So that was that was all. Believe it or not, it was all Oprah's crafting to get that done, and it was really, really wonderful. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look uh, look up a copy of that and find yeah, that. Yeah, so, it, it sounds really hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. After the short break, the only thing about Medea that Tyler Perry gets tired of. Back to my 2006 conversation with Tyler Perry. The audiences at your movies, though, it seems like, I mean, no matter what Medea says, because, again, she's coming at it from, you know, she's a good, decent person. She's, right. not, she's not being nasty about it. But does she say things that you wouldn't say? She is, I, I believe that, yeah, and because she says things that are okay for a woman of that age to say. No, but, but I mean, the, the things that you don't agree with. Oh, totally, totally. There's some things that I don't agree with, but but she has her has her hand on it. Sometimes I'll hear them being said, and I go, "Wait a minute, where's that coming from?" <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get tired of her? Uh, actually, playing the character, yes, yes. I've gotten to a point where I've become pretty exhausted with it. But uh, as long as audiences want to see it, I'll, I'll continue to do it. I would guess the makeup and the prosthetics alone must be a real. <laughs> That's what the pain is: the makeup <laughs> and the fat suit, and you know, just being in the fat suit for a couple of hours every night. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how you stay so slim. You lose all that weight. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> you've you've got it. I mean, and this this book is not a, an autobiography, of course, because it's by Medea. It's not about you, but you've got quite the story. This is you are the quintessential American success story. It's it's truly that. Yeah, and I'm grateful to God for every moment of it. It's it's something that I've truly been celebrating lately and learning how to come into the moment and appreciate it. How do you make sure that you don't forget where you came from? Oh, that's that's really, 
really not hard to do when you've been through as many things as I have because you you appreciate everything else with so much uh so much you have such a level of a higher esteem for everything else that if you didn't have the low if I didn't have the low I wouldn't understand how great the highs are mm. uh, do you have any medias in your life besides the one you made up yeah my mother and my aunt they they're, they're, her, oh, they're, they're still true. with you yes they are oh they bless are your heart yeah, they are truly this character, but on steroids. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm guessing you can just hang around them for a weekend and get some new material? They come up with a whole new book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't believe this is your first book about this. Yeah, first book, first wow. book. So is, uh, maybe, maybe you just not have time to write a book before this? Yeah, I've always wanted to. I've got Actually, I have a few other books in my head. I, I've always wanted to write and haven't had a chance to do them yet. So once I take some time off, I'll be able to get around to them. <laughs> this is, well, this this is, one was done in the middle of madness. It was. I was really pleased when I read it at how much we had accomplished because I didn't know. I, I was. I would take two hours a day or so and sit with my publicist and just talk on tape in the voice of Medea, in the character. And he has all these great tapes of just Medea talking. And he would send them back to me transcribed, and I'd go, okay, this is going really well. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a great way to do it. But, yeah. uh, so how do you replenish your well of creativity? I mean, obviously, you know, we hang around your mom, and all, but I mean, what, what do you do to kind of get in the moment and think, all right, what, what can I do next with this character? Well, it's all about what comes to me. I just total, sur- totally surrender when I'm writing. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to talk about next? What am I supposed to see? What is affecting me? What is moving me? So, and I'm, I'm getting to a point now where it's time for me to take a break because those stories aren't coming to me as often as they were before. Maybe uh, maybe Medea has a long lost sister. You could do. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Or a brother? Give me a man, please. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, you don't want to become a a, a what do you want to call it? A one one horse show or something yeah. like that. I mean, you you got to you, you as a, as an actor, as a producer, as a playwright, you've got to expand your your horizons. Don't that's you? why this book is the last installment for Medea for quite some time. I'm actually moving on into other areas of of writing and things that I wanted to do. Some dramas about a jazz singer and a Holocaust survivor that I've wanted to do for. 12 years now, so will be my next venture that I'm on screen in. I don't picture you as the kind of guy who has any shortage of ideas. Well, no, there's no shortage, <laughs> but, but flushing them out and getting them out on paper is going to take some time. Yeah, that's true. Let me ask you about something else. I mean, when you're on stage and you deliver a line and you get that roar of laughter, you get instant feedback. I mean, it's right, th- and you know right that second if it's working or not. You write something in a book, it could be months, it might be years before somebody gives you feedback on how is that how does that affect your creativity well, the great thing about it is i'm on tour i've been on tour i was on tour when i was writing this book so a lot of these jokes i would take to the stage and just try them out in the in the in the scene i because I, I totally ad lib all through the play and and i know as i was trying them out i know they that they were going over really well so it you know it made it run to the pages of the book does it do you ever have a line that flops very, very rarely. It just in the beginning, y'all have things that flop, but then, but once I've learned the voice of this character, she can pretty much say whatever she wants, and it works. She she could read you the, the a recipe for sponge cake, and it would probably be funny. If we, she can make it funny, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Perry is fifty two now. His twelfth and latest Medea movie, A Medea Homecoming, was released a few weeks ago. 
And you can find easy Amazon links to Tyler Perry's books at our website, HeardEverything.com. And that's where you'll also find my interviews with two other influential filmmakers. My 1988 conversation with John Waters. My sense of humor is a little bit off the beaten track, certainly. I'm trying to make everybody laugh at things that basically they find horrifying in real life. And I don't think that's sick. I think that's a weird kind of mental health in a way. And my 1991 interview with a man who is not only an actor and filmmaker, but also the founder and host of Amateur Night at the Apollo, Ralph Cooper. You know, at the Apollo Theater, we've had just about everyone come through there that was worth anything, you know. We've created some tremendous uh, stars, superstars, as a matter of fact. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, a popular actor who's been around for decades, but who's remembered best by millions for his role as the likable pastor on Seventh Heaven. My 1994 conversation with Stephen Collins. What among all your work has given you the most pleasure? Probably playing JFK in A Woman Named Jackie, the miniseries. I wouldn't have thought I'd say that, but that's, uh, in a word association test, that's what came up. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.